I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Wednesday. Oh, it is conference tournament week, championship week Wednesday. Big 12 tournament will crank up tonight. We'll start looking at those two matchups. Obviously, one of them will determine who the Longhorns play in their first game. We will get into a little bit of that. Also, at 1230, I found a mathematical formula that claims to have chosen kind of chosen the champion since 2016 they give you eight teams at this point of the season and they've been right seven years in a row coming up i'll tell you about those eight teams are the longhorns a part of the eight is houston a part of the eight we'll get into that at 12 30 and we'll start with some nfl stuff it's chad and zay on a wednesday i'm chad hastings joined once again by isaiah collier what's up zay chad what's popping teams already Punch their tickets into the dance. Beautiful time of the year. Feeling good. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Uh, I had to come down off a bit of a uh, an emotional high because last night, back-to-back, I listened to the Jizza album and the Body Count album. Oh, man. It's very intense at my a house. What's going on? Yeah, it was very intense. I felt like I needed three or four Celine Dion tracks <laughs> just to bring me down after all that. But I'm doing good, and I'm glad you mentioned the, the tournaments. This time of year is so cool because, you know, deep down, if you want to get realistic, and we will get realistic coming up at 1230, about the actual chances of these teams winning it all. It is very remote. It is it is really, really difficult to see anybody doing it. And when you really look at the tournament, well, you know, who's the highest seed to ever win the championship? You don't know 15 seeds ever won the national title and all that. But what I love about this time of year is they get a chance. Yeah. They, oh, you got your St. Peter's shirt on today. Absolutely. I wore the Peacock shirt today because St. Peter's beat Kentucky last year, and it was ah! one, one of my favorite upsets of all time. So I bought the shirt, just like I bought the UMBC shirt when they upset Virginia and drilled them doing it. Remember, they beat them by like 24. Yeah. They killed them that day. Yo, it was like Tony Bennett's squad. After that loss, they went to practice the next day because they won it the next they year. They did, right. They came that all the incredible. way back. That's a great trivia question of – the, the the fact that the result of the first 16 over the one was that. That that team that ate it came all the way back and won. That's pretty amazing. So it is that time of year. Championship week. Uh, tickets being punched last night. Kind of a rite of passage now. Ho-hum. Yawn-yawn. Gonzaga's in the tournament officially. Oh, uh, yeah. Smart and fused team. Always makes it. They always have an easy-ass schedule. They get you at the beginning of the year because we're playing all these oh. tough teams that haven't found themselves yet. North Everybody's trying to figure out North who they are. Carolina. Yeah, they play them in November, and teams are trying to figure things out. Then from January to now, 
They play the weak-ass WCC, which it wasn't as weak as it usually is. San Francisco was good. We saw St. Mary's last night. St. Mary's. They're good, too. Is Santa Clara any good this year? Or they uh, they, they fell off a little bit? They always have some guys. Right. And yeah. Steve Nash ain't over there. That's for damn sure. He is not, no. So, yeah. But, you know, and then they get like an extra week of rest also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always wondered about – I've always wondered if that is ever going to officially – get them over that hump. They obviously have not done it yet. They've gotten really close, right? Mm-hmm. They've been in the championship game. Yeah, when they had a couple times. Yeah, they had Jalen yeah. Suggs and when they lost to Baylor. Yes, that's right. That's right. Baylor beat uh, beat Gonzaga. So congrats to the Zags. They are in once again. And real quick before we get to the NFL, a quick how dare you to the Pac twelve. Because there's stories now about the Pac twelve and the future of, you know, conference expansion or whatever. So Zay, here's the two insults. Not only did the Pac twelve let the Big 12 swoop in and grab BYU, which to me is an obvious choice for them to grab for football and, and all sports. They'll be in all sports in the Big 12 next year. But now there's a story out there that Brett Yormark and the Big 12 might be adding Gonzaga as a basketball-only school. Ooh. Everybody know where Gonzaga is located? Spokane, the, Washington. Have y'all seen a map of where that school is? It's pretty deep. Pac-12 hadn't figured that out yet. Y'all hadn't figured out that losing UCLA and USC, you might want to find a team out west that people care about? Let's see. What basketball team do people care about out west? Has Mark Few done nothing? Have his efforts totally been in vain? I I can't believe it. How dare you, Pac-12? And to Brett Yormark in the Big 12, well played. Well played once again. They're going to survive this thing. They're going to stay alive with a pretty damn good TV deal, and they're going to be coast to coast. They're just going to go grab teams here and there and get TV TV partner situations that those networks are going to care about. Yeah, ultimately the Pac-12 was mucked once UCLA and USC went to the Big Ten. Now it seems like everybody's looking for a way out from Washington and Oregon trying to get to the Big Ten. Who knows what Dion and those boys at Colorado are going to do, but they're definitely a hot commodity. Who wouldn't want to have them in their conference? Your Mark's definitely going to look at Colorado and say, hey, why not come down here? Arizona, Arizona State with the Phoenix market up there, bring them along too. So, yeah, Pac-12, they're in a horrible situation, and they could have really made some moves early on, but they failed to do that, and now look where they're at. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Going to be rough. All right, Chad and Zay with you on this Wednesday. We should also maybe give a shout-out to the ladies at the beginning of the show. It is uh, International Women's Day today, so we're going to be talking about some of our favorite female athletes today. I love you, Mama. Specifically in Why Today Matters at 2.30, we'll get into some of our favorite female athletes. But to all of our favorite ladies out there, happy International Women's Day. Obviously, a lot of tickets being punched on the women's side of the tournament. As well, Texas women, number one seed, getting ready to go. They don't play till Friday. Uh, they're trying to go back to back as tournament champions in the Big 12. All right, Zay. So yesterday was franchise tag day. We talked a lot of NFL. And in fact, we named five of the six guys that ended up getting tagged. Only six got tagged. We had talked about Pollard for the Cowboys, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, Darius Payne uh, for, excuse me, Deron Payne for the Washington football team, the commanders, I still can't get used to it, Evan Ingram for Jacksonville, and then as the show's going on, Lamar Jackson gets the tag from Baltimore. After we got done, the Giants made their decision, and kids, it is this. They tagged Saquon Barkley with a non-exclusive tag, so he'll get about $10 million if he plays on the tag, 
and they paid Daniel Jones four years, 160, get ready for it, 82 million guaranteed, Zay. Guaranteed. Yeah, I don't know how Lamar Jackson's not banging his head through the wall after seeing what Daniel Jones got with the 15 touchdowns he threw last year. I mean, yeah, they got to the playoffs. That was a huge win against Minnesota. Yes, it was. NFC North champs, big-time win going up there and beating them. We know Brian Dayball coming from Buffalo and him having that relationship with Josh Allen and bringing that over and putting that into Daniel Jones. Yeah, I this is just way too much money for him. I'm sorry. This is ridiculous. And if you're a Giants fan right now, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how you would feel about this because I ain't a Giants fan. I could care less. Oh, I'm definitely not. I'm and a Cowboys fan. So you, so you got to love it. You got to love that he's back there. I mean, you don't want him to get any better. But you think that last year was his ceiling. Like that's about as good as it's going to get. They're kind of in the situation, too. They don't have a main guy at wide receiver. Saquon was really good this year, but – until they get a main guy, wide receiver, Daniel Jones, to put all your you know eggs in his basket, right? I don't know about that. Are they any more than a wild card threat moving forward? That would be my question right now about the Giants. And they obviously, yeah, you know, they go all in. It was sixty-seven percent completion percentage last year. It's a pretty good number. I'm looking for sixty-five or more right now. Yeah. in the NFL, I think that's where you need to be. So he's up over that number. You mentioned the fifteen touchdowns, only five picks, ninety-two point five on the total rating last year. So it was a pretty damn good year for Daniel Jones. And the thought is, has always been, especially with the Dayball connection, is that he is Josh Allen light. He is another version of Josh Allen in that he uses his feet a little bit. Now, he doesn't have that arm. It's not that good. But that Josh Allen came into the league and developed some things and developed as a passer and that Daniel Jones has done a little bit of that as well. They obviously found a way to use his feet last year, so they reward him with $82 million in guaranteed money, which now brings us back to Lamar Jackson. So... In case you're, we didn't talk about this part yesterday, Zay. The last reported deal that Lamar Jackson turned down was 250 million, 133 guaranteed. Oh man! And then there's some discussion about his people and whether or not, and I say his people, he has no agent, represents himself. We got to keep saying that. Yeah, his people is his mama and his uncle. Because I do not remember. This ever happening in my life. I don't remember Joe Montana, Steve Young, Warren Moon, name anybody you want. I don't ever remember a big-time NFL quarterback going into negotiations, repping himself, big-time pitcher, a goalie in hockey. I don't ever remember uh, this this story happening. So we we keep that part in mind. The, The question would be, is he absolutely asking for everything Deshaun Watson got? Or is he just asking for a deal that's sort of close to that? Because I've heard both. I've heard that he wants that deal exactly. Yeah, I think there was a point of time where he was asking for it, and then he kind of simmered it down a little bit with all these other contracts being thrown around. He, When he sees somebody like Daniel Jones making that paper, mm-hmm. he knows he's better than Daniel Jones. He, he does, and I would agree with him. He is better than – and I think the Ravens would agree with that too. Yeah. So if he gets if if Daniel Jones gets eighty two, 
And just as comparison, Geno Smith getting 52, by the way, for this year. And that, so you crawl up from there. He gets 52. Daniel Jones gets 82. And I am hearing that on the last, uh, when Kyler Murray re-upped, Kyler's up around, I think it's 180, guaranteed? Yeah. From his last deal. I'm Lamar Jackson. I'm going in. Look what this fool got. He wouldn't even care about the game. Right. So if the Ravens put something on the table in front of Lamar that was like right there, 190, 200 guaranteed. Would this be done? Would this end? Or would he say to them, no, 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 Deshaun Watson got 233 guaranteed. All of it's guaranteed. I want every bit guaranteed. Is that where he's going? Because I'm hearing different discussions today. In fact, I heard on, I think it was on first take, Stephen A. Smith a week or so ago heard from Lamar Jackson I guess the camp, which I guess is, again, like you said, Lamar and an aunt and an uncle. I mean, yeah. he doesn't have an agent. But he heard from those folks that they were not demanding a full guaranteed contract, that they understand that it's an outlier. So there's at least some reporting that the Ravens and Lamar both know that that the, the, um, the Deshaun Watson deal is an outlier. If that's true, shouldn't they be able to figure this out? That's what I'm saying. And it seems like with Lamar's tenure in Baltimore thus far, we know certain things have gone sour, certain things that he doesn't agree with to not having the help that he thinks he deserves to everybody just killing him in the media when he loses playoff games and comparing them to other guys. He has to take that. Also, just coming into the league, having that chip on his shoulder, people telling them, you need to be a wide receiver. And he's like, no, damn that. And right, he I won, won the Heisman. I won and, the Heisman Trophy, And then man. won an MVP after that. Yeah. So going back to what everybody else is getting paid, I think one thing that Lamar Jackson is struggling to see is that even though he's better than somebody like Daniel Jones, even though he's better than Geno Smith, you could say those guys – will be maybe be on the field longer due to their style of play, yeah. due to them being pocket passers, where the money that Lamar's asking for with the game that he plays, that's risky. The other thing is, that's a great point, and just to, to shout out one of our guys, when I drive home and listen to the afternoon show, Mike Harge does a great job of explaining that part of it. Since Mike's been involved, and obviously Rod has too on the NFL side, but Harge will talk about the baseball stuff with arbitration. For sure. When they bring you into arbitration and they start ripping you apart to try to be f- as fair as they can to yeah. everything, right? But it, it, Harge brings up these great points of why he thinks it's so bad for Lamar to represent himself. And I would agree because you don't have that buffer. You're not sending somebody in there that can hear what you just said, filter it, bring it to Lamar and say, come on, here's what we got to think about, you know, and go over it. Lamar's hearing all of it. Yeah, because he's. The competitor in him is saying, no, I can make all those passes. What Patrick Mahomes is doing, I could do all of that, but I don't have Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews is good and all, but he ain't Travis Kelsey. You know, he don't got all – he's never had a Tyreek Hill. He had Hollywood Brown. That was as close as he got in Hollywood Brown. He ain't even Mato Meal version of Tyreek. (laughs) That's right. So uh, that's – 
Yeah, Lamar Jackson, he's in a really tough situation, and people are going out there talking about collusion and stuff and putting race into it, which race has been such a crazy topic, especially you know, on Four Letter Network. I heard J.J. Reddick and Kendrick Perkins going at it, talking about Joker, and now it's you know trickling down to Lamar Jackson, which there's definitely racial bias out there. That That is the thing. But I, Joker deserves to win MVP this year, and Lamar Jackson, this is just a tough situation for that type of quarterback, a running-style quarterback who has a decent arm, but, again, with the money that he's asking for, it doesn't add up. And, again, I don't think Daniel Jones deserved that money. Geno? I'm glad Geno got it, but does he deserve it? I don't think so. Right. So a lot of these guys, just because of that's the value of quarterbacks, are getting paid – and stuff like that, and I know that's driving Lamar Jackson insane. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. Somebody texted, bingo, big mistake being your own agent, just like you always hire a lawyer even if you are a lawyer. Right. That's what lawyers would tell you, right, that you even need one yeah. if you're one. And then if you're, off, if you're going in from the Ravens standpoint, you look at Lamar Jackson and be like, bruh, so you want all of this and you ain't got to give no cut to the agent? That percentage that the agent usually gets, they're not getting that because it's going to you, dog. Yet you're still being greedy. Yeah, I thought of that. I thought it's a, I thought of that last night too. Like, what what part of it would an agent normally get, and does Lamar factor that into his, you know, in, into this discussion? Like, I don't know the Maryland state taxes there. Like, you know, we know in New York it's crazy. Like, you remember A. Rod was trying to say I live in Florida during his Yankees days because the taxes were hitting them like crazy up there. So I don't know what they are in Maryland, but does Lamar have anybody talking to him about those things? Right. Like he just said. No, it's yeah, it's so weird. And and again, uh and again a shout out to our afternoon guys. I think it was Patrick Davis I heard make this comment on Ball Don't Lie, but he was talking about kind of the the game that the Ravens are playing here, which is he'll he can go talk to other teams. And maybe the Ravens are just thinking, okay, we are telling him what we think is out there. Let's let him really see what's out there. And then ultimately, you know, Lamar could get a deal he would say yes to from any team in the league. And as long as the Ravens are cool with it, they could say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll match that. So you're still our quarterback. So it's almost like, say, if you said, like, if somebody was going to break up with you, you're dating somebody for a while and you're trying to figure out if you're going to, if they, if you're going to marry him or not. And they're saying, ah, I'm not sure if you're the one and I think I could do better. And you say, all right, fine, take a year and see if you can do better. They go out, see if they can do better. And then they come back to you and say, no, you know what? You were right. I can't do better. Let's stay together. On one hand, that could be good news, but on the other hand, now you still got to be together. Yeah. Now you got to find get a little bit awkward. That could get awkward if you find a relationship there. So Lamar can go out, talk to anybody he wants, get the deal, and then come back, and the Ravens get to match it if they want, or they get to say, "Now nah, we're good. We'll take the two first round picks." So there's just there's a lot of angles to this story. Uh, I hope. You know, and I don't have a dog in this fight at all. In fact, you know, my wife and Steelers fans, they want him gone. Oh, yeah. They want him out of there fast because they won't have to deal with him anymore. But I love that rivalry and I love his fit in Baltimore. He feels like the Ravens to me right now. I like the just the overall style of what they do. So I hope it works out, but now I'm not sure how it does because it, it's just going to be more and more distrust. They tried to say the right thing in the little statement by saying we want to, you know, our ultimate goal is to win a championship with Lamar and all that. But deep down, we all know they've had like two years to figure this out. Yo, him getting injured this past season was the worst thing that could have happened to him. Well, the worst things that could have happened to him because now, me included, 
people out there are thinking, this guy, will he be able to last to his 30s? Because say what you want about these players and quarterbacks and trying to change their game to be a pocket passer or whatever he wants to do to last longer in the NFL, instinct's just going to take over. He's like, guy's going to come off the edge and come for his blind side, and he's going to feel that. And what's he going to do? Take off running. Yeah. And you can see teams like Carolina and Atlanta, you hear about them just kind of, you know, exiting out the deal, not looking at it anymore with Lamar Jackson because they're thinking those things. Yeah, apparently like, Atlanta's out now. Yeah. yeah. They're like, well, you know, we're still kind of rebuilding. Why would we give him all that paper where we don't know if it's going to last? We, we just don't. Yeah. And, and that's why the, the bottom line is he's got to find somebody. He's got to find a team that wants him to be Lamar Jackson. Asking Lamar Jackson to be a pocket passer is not fair. No. But asking him to... You know, asking him to continue to develop the throwing part of his game while finding opportunities to sneak out of bounds, a la Kyler Murray. Oh yeah, absolutely. You that's fair, but you got to know that in the end, look, there are going to be moments where Lamar says, "Man, my feet can get me out of this." Yeah, and then you got to just stand back and be in awe of his feet because they're awesome. Right. And you just have to be comfortable doing that. If you are comfortable texting us today, Specs text line 337-3776. Some good stuff coming in. This says Mark Andrews, in uh, my opinion, is close to Kelsey, but those other weapons are weak. Uh, this one says, again, guys, there was a bidding war for a quarterback with 22 allegations, but owners are coming together to teach Lamar Jackson a lesson. That is nasty work. Yeah, It is dark. Kind of. Uh, this says Lamar representing himself. Is it as bad as Master P and Ricky? <laughs> I'm going to say no, because the deal that they put out there in front of Ricky at the beginning, I thought was horrific. That was a horrific deal to start his career. I've, I, I can't believe the NFL PA allowed it to happen. I mean, that was ugly. All incentives. I mean, it was It was everything. Yeah, what was Ricky smoking on to say? Oh, I don't know. You know Percy Miller? With the rap career, make him say, uh, I want you handling my oh, money and was... handling all this business yeah. that I don't got to worry mm-hmm. about. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy like first Bucky deal. Like Bucky Gabo, you couldn't say nothing to him? You couldn't, you know, talk to him? You know, you and Ricky are tight. You couldn't say, hey, Ricky, I don't know if Percy is the best fit for you. Maybe somebody that's been there and done that. Yeah. You know? Because Percy was selling hella records, like sure, C Murder, Legend, Silk the Shaka. He had his place. Those meetings might not have been his place. <laughs> that would be my concern for Lamar Jackson here, man. Representing yourself in an NBA, uh, NBA, an NFL discussion. Oof. I hope it works out for him, uh, and I hope he gets what he wants. Deep down, I don't know if he wants to still be the Baltimore Ravens Yo, quarterback or not. I hope he gets what he wants, though. He's also a real sickly guy. He's had COVID like six times. Yeah, that's true. You always go and see like Lamar Jackson's been out this week due to some type of illness. I'm like, damn, again? Hmm. I wonder what that is. I wonder if that's just like a, just kind of the general, you know, his general health. Is it something where is he, you know, is he eating something or is he? I don't know. Is he, is he like on the Lamar Odom? Like fam. You you know, plan or something? You touch the NFL football all the time. Your immune system should be built up. That thing is filthy. That thing is so disgusting. Should be like kids on the playground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's concerning. Developing some stuff there. That's what I'm saying. All right, so we got some NFL on the board today. Coming up, we'll get into the NCAA tournament. There is a mathematical formula, if you will, that for the last 
seven years, is that right? 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah, for the last seven years, has correctly predicted a group of eight teams. Right now at this time, right in conference tournament time, they pick eight teams that they tell you can win the title. And for seven straight years, the champ has come out of that group. I'll tell you who this year's group is coming up and whether or not the Longhorns are in it, whether or not the Houston Cougars are in it, and whether or not your team is in it. Plus, Big 12 tournament starts tonight. Bedlam determines who plays Texas. Who does Zay, the Longhorn fan, want the Longhorns to play tomorrow night? I'll ask him and we'll ask you next on The Horn. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Chad and Zay. All right. Nice bass line. Grooving in. Throwing in some strings. A little more of a contemporary feel. I do not know what it is, though. Am I getting any singing in here? What's going to happen? Coming? It's coming. All right. Soon, I think. Come on now. This is a six-minute song now. Come on, vocals. Come on, baby. You can do it. Listen to the horn, by the way. It's Chad and Zay. Uh, wow. And you say my heavy metal songs take a while to get going. <laughs> Come on, man. It's like slow starting a lawnmower. What are we doing? Start with the backup singers. Come on now. Yeah, it's taking a minute. Now the it? horn section's going. All right, who we got here? Oh, we're fast forward. Oh, we're fast forward. All right, here we go. Sorry. Hmm. She say Twilight Girl? Twilight World. Twilight World. Swing Out Sister. Yeah, no, I don't I don't have that one. That's her name? That's the group. That's the group? Yeah. Swing Out Sister? Swing Out Sister. Yeah, didn't have that. Didn't have that. By the way, uh, nice big voice with a birthday today. I believe it is Taylor Dane's birthday today. Okay. Happy birthday to T. Dane today. Swing Out Sister gets us started. Uh, Lots of good music to come, I know, because Isaiah Collier is on the case. We will also uh, get into, coming up in our Flex segment at 1.30, got a new offer for one of the guests of last week's Flex show. There's not going to be a Wednesday night Flex show this week or next week, but we will direct you to some cool content. Content and cool stuff from those Hutto guys that they interviewed last week. Also, we were going to make sure you know about that camp that Anthony Williams has got going on this Sunday. You're going to want to check out Flex for that. We got Justin Wells from Inside Texas at 105. We may, 
or may not, all right, we may, ask about a receiver and his hand and when it was broken or not broken. And uh, we'll find out Justin's thoughts on that story. Spring football getting started for Texas. Coming up in the crap bag, I will tell you if anybody but me is watching the XFL so far. But right now, we got to get to some tournament talk. And I found this wild article, Zay, I thought you might uh, might be interested in. There is a little bad news in here for Zay as a Longhorn fan and me as an Aggie fan. Oh, come on. Because our teams don't make this eight. So there's an article every year that they've done since 2016, and they give you 355 teams that can't win the title, and in their opinion, eight that can. So the 355 fall into three categories, either ineligible teams, obviously, what they call near misses, or the teams that they determine have no clear path to a title. The Longhorns and Aggies, they list back-to-back as near misses. At 21 and 22, uh, this group of 25 teams that are near misses. So of Texas, they say, Marcus Carr has been highly, uh, highly and rightly touted for years, yet somehow his performance this season isn't being touted highly enough. The fifth-year seniors hitting more shots and recording more steals than ever. His team, however, is lackluster on the boards, particularly on the offensive end. Yeah, we know that. So that's why they kind of give you a little, a little feel there for Texas. Why A&M is on the list. Wade Taylor the fourth is overwhelming opponents with made free throws in a cumulatively devastating way as we haven't seen since Trey Young. In his past five outings, the sophomore has gone 51 of 55 at the line. The worry for the Aggies is what happens if Taylor isn't getting those freebies. A&M's accuracy from the field was just average in SEC play. So that's why they're on this particular list. So in the end, Zay, they come down to eight teams that they believe can win the title. Would you like to guess who's in this eight, or would you like me to read the eight for you? Let's guess, baby. Okay, give me some guesses on who you think the eight teams are according to this article. Houston. Houston is one of the eight, correct. Kansas. Kansas is one of the eight. Purdue. Purdue is one of the eight. Marquette. Marquette is one of the eight. You got half of them. Well done. You got four more to go. UCLA. Correct. Three to go. Teams that they think can win the title. Arizona's physical. They're big. Let's go with them. That's your first miss. First miss. Arizona not in the eight. Ooh. Hmm. It's a good call, though. That was was one of those I, I was thinking of as well. You know... I don't know if it's because of the Oklahoma loss. I don't think Alabama could win it. They might be there, but I don't think so. And they are. Yeah, yeah they're in this list. Um, and then the other two were – nice job on that Marquette guess. I would have never guessed Marquette. Yeah, Shaka's team. Their other, two, their other two are Tennessee and UConn. Nah, Tennessee, no. No, Zakai Ziegler, torn ACL. I don't buy that at all. When was this done? So this is, uh, let's see, the article was, I think it was just literally in the last few, it was put out, I see it updated at 6.30 this morning. Man. Yeah. yeah I, when Zakai Ziegler tore his ACL, that's it for me with Tennessee. Yeah, oh, I would agree. Yeah, definitely agree. Arizona's their number one near-miss team, so they were right on that boundary line for them. Uh, So, again, if this holds, if it's going to go eight years in a row, one of those eight teams is going to win the title. Alabama, UConn, Houston, Kansas, Marquette, Purdue, Tennessee, UCLA. Those are their eight. Yo, Shaka Smart might have the best backcourt in the nation. 
that nobody talks about in Tyler Kolick and Cam Jones. Tyler Kolick, both of those guys are lefties. Mm-hmm. Tyler Kolick, point guard play. He's one of my favorite players in college basketball, man. He's averaging around nine assist or eight assists a game, 7.9. He controls the pace for Shaka Smart and them. And Cam Jones is just a dog, physical, around 6'4", shoot over guys, get to the line. Yeah, Shaka's team, <laughs> I hate how good they are. I really do. They are, uh, yeah, they're looking really, really good at where they end up seated is going to be very important. So yeah, I'm just going to say it's a typo, Chad, and say they put the wrong UT in there. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say right. that, that makes me feel bad. <laughs> they put the wrong UT in there. It was a typo. It's all good. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We'll see uh, how accurate that ends up being with those eight. Eight uh, teams. Somebody's looking for that article. If you go to ESPN.com and college basketball, it is there. But for that texter, I'll try to send that link to you in the next break. Yeah, on Sunday, E. Hogan, Patrick Davis, and myself, when we break down the selection Sunday show from 5 to 7, we'll break down all the little gems that you need to know for your bracket. I mean, we won't do it this week. Y'all got to wait till Sunday, and then you and I will discuss it more next week with uh-huh. all the you know games or schedule and whatnot. But, yeah, yeah, I, I will give you all a little bit of game and who I think could do the upsetting and who's going to get upset. And the team that we just named, I think could lose first round, those volunteers. Is that right? I think. Oh, okay. I, Zakai Ziegler is so big for their squad. It's going to be interesting watching them in the SEC tournament and how they look, but that's such a big blow for them. Like We saw what Zakai Ziegler did to the Horns. That 22-10, and 10, just controlling the game, finishing on one end, getting steals, dropping dimes. Where's that going to come from? Because Key, he's a good player. Vescovy, he's a good player too, but they need those guys for their shooting not for their distributing. And now Rick Barnes, you know, for a team that lost in the second round last year, this might be an early exit again. Well, and, and you just talked about the front, I mean, the, the backcourt guards for, you know, Shaka Smart. That's, I mean, just it, it's the oldest, it may be one of the oldest sayings in the tournament, but it's absolutely true. This is about ball handlers now. Yes. This is about ball handlers and point guards. And, like, when Texas starts to play, if you're a Texas fan, you need to me. You need to be watching a couple guys, and if they don't play well, you're probably going to lose. If Carr and Hunter don't play well, you're probably going to lose. Yeah, specifically Carr. But if your ball handlers and guards aren't coming out there and and making an impact, and you feel them right away, normally that gets you sent home. Yeah, you need two out of the three main guards to play well. If two of them don't, we're in trouble. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, Zay, tonight in the Big 12, they get the tournament started. Game one is Texas Tech and West Virginia. The winner will get Kansas. That's at 6 o'clock. 8.30. It's all on ESPNU tonight if you want to scout it out, Longhorn fans. 8.30 is the late game with Bedlam. Do you have a preference, Zay? Your Longhorn swept both of these teams. Oklahoma games were close. The Oklahoma State games were a little easier at double figures. But Oklahoma State's playing really well right now. Any preference of who you're going to try to beat three times? Uh, no. It's going to be tough no matter what. This is the Big 12. Whoever you get, it's going to be a brutal game, so I could care less. Which bar do you want to fight in? <laughs> yeah, who cares? I don't know. Something's going to break over my head, yeah. and I'm going to have to crawl out. Yeah, so. either way, blood's going to be drawn. Yeah, right. And it's all about just finding that rhythm and staying consistent and staying hot 
for next week. That's all you want if you're Texas because both teams are fighting for their, you know, I think Oklahoma State's good whether they win or not. They might be one of those first four teams if they lose tonight. But Oklahoma, they're definitely fighting for their March Madness lives. So I, it doesn't matter. Grant Shearfield's tough on one side. Then on the other, you got, you know, Thompson and those boys. And Boone's had a really good season, the big for Oklahoma State. So it, it don't matter. Both teams are going to bring it. They don't want to lose to Texas three times. And the good thing about it, they play tonight. Texas plays tomorrow. So mm-hmm. usually in that second half of the game, they might come out hot, whichever team wins tonight. For tomorrow's game but usually in that second half those legs you could see them start to go and maybe the horns could take advantage of that so yeah i see if the horns could you know maneuver their seating in any way i feel like they're going to be a number two regardless if they win the big 12 tournament or not but you never know so if texas plays oklahoma in kansas city who does the crowd root for do they lean Oklahoma because they used to be a Big Eight school and it's that? Huh. Like, is Texas the more hated? Like, who's the lesser of those two evils of for those fans? If I'm if I'm a Kansas fan, a K State fan, walking in, who do I root for? I don't know. Good question. Like, for from that perspective, I wonder: Would it be better crowd wise for Texas to play Oklahoma because you're both this super hated, and maybe some people will hate OU as well? Because if you Texas- play you play Oklahoma State. I think everybody's rooting for the Cowboys. Right. Like, more people are going to lean against you that way. I don't know. Yeah, good question. Uh, if Texas wins, they play the winner out of TCU and Kansas State. So, I don't know. Depend on how many Kansas State fans are going to be there rooting. Like, who do they want to play? Do they want to see Texas? Or would they want to see Oklahoma State or Oklahoma yeah, that's a good point. That that that's true. Maybe they're rooting for that next. Yeah, yeah the next thing uh, tonight again, six and eight thirty. The tip times: Texas Tech at West Virginia. You got a quick pick on that one. Who's going to face Kansas? Um, yeah, Texas Tech. They don't even got a coach. West Virginia. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's Huggins. It's it's probably probably Huggins. <laughs> they don't even have a coach. They got to have the assistant talk to the team, huh? By the yeah. way, whoever that assistant is, be careful of your analogies. For real. If you were learning from Coach Adams, careful. Careful. <laughs> Christian man, Coach Adams. Read it from the scripture, he says. I'm not saying you can't read from the Bible. I'm saying if the word slave or master is in your example, you might want to double check. Texas pro- Tech fans, where you at, baby? Might want to proofread that bad where y'all boy. Where you at? Pro- Wreck them. Proofreading. All Guns it. up. Double check. Don't do the first draft. Never read that first draft. All right, coming up, we'll get Justin Wells at 105 from inside Texas. Longhorn Spring practice begins, what he thinks of the team for the basketball tournament, all of that. And, yes, we'll ask about the Xavier-worthy injury reveal from this week, the weirdness uh, that came out of uh, Coach Sarkeesian's press conference this week. All that's coming up next in the crap bag. XFL after week three is anyone watching except me and The Rock, I'll tell you, on the horn. Chad and Zay.
All right, rolling through a Wednesday. We hope you're having a good hump day. Big 12 tournament starts tonight. Tech in West Virginia to see who uh, plays Kansas. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will determine who plays Texas. Everything is on ESPNU in case you want to check it out. And, of course, right here on the horn, we got baseball for you again. Texas beat Sam Houston State last night. Nice comeback win. Tonight they'll take on Mercer. 6.30 first pitch, 6.15 on the pregame. And again, shout out to that team. A comeback win last night. LeBaron Johnson ends up getting the win. Even though he wasn't as good as he's been, gave up a few runs, but his teammates bailed him out. His teammates helped him out. They found some offense when they needed it. A couple of big defensive plays late. Uh, Mitchell Daly scored a run and drove a couple in, too. So that was big. Texas baseball tonight at 630. Yeah, Mitchell Daly, first home run of the season. That's right. Yeah, and he's making that adjustment from second to short. That's, That's a lot. got to be tough, man. Real quick, uh, uh, everybody dances. C&C Music Factory? That's right. There we go. C&C Music Factory. Great name. That, I remember the video for this. It felt like there were 25 people in that band. I don't know if there were. It's just there were tons of people in that band or in the video. CNC Music Factory and Swing Out Sister get us started today. Yeah, Mitchell Daly with his first homer of the of the year. I'm always fascinated by everything about the details of baseball. I love, but specifically the four infield positions. You got to have a special kind of badass at each one. All the work you have to do at first base has always fascinated me. Third base, you got to be a special kind of badass, and then the two middle guys. Have to be able to work together, obviously, but then which one you are is a big deal. Daly, to me, was a badass second baseman. Yeah. He had really turned into a great second baseman. Now you're asking him to go to that other spot. And for a lot of people, the most important spot on an infield uh, to be the shortstop. And they had a, he had a big defensive play late in the game uh, on a force out to help him out, and then he hits the homer. So big night for Texas. Yeah, definitely the most famous spot. If you talk about infield guys, you look at the history of major league players like Jeter and Cal Ripken, et cetera. But, yeah, I, it's just this is the start. Like you need all these these fourteen games. You need yep. to. That's why I said ten yesterday. They got another one tonight against some of these lower tier teams, just to get your confidence up going into Big Twelve play. When you start playing these heavy hitters, I think Coach Pierce he's starting to figure out his guys a little bit more with each game. And I know in California it didn't go as well as we expected to, or we're used to it having, uh, you know, having it be. But yeah, just what you saw tonight. It was nice. It was good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it was that's a that's a good start, and we'll see if they can hit that ten and four mark that you're looking for in the uh, in the homestand. So far, one and zero on that fourteen game homestand. All right, let's get you a quick crap bag, and I'll tell you if the XFL is uh, getting any eyeballs on it. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just. Think of a bag of crap. All right. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Some people know that it is there, but not as many as they would like are smelling what The Rock is cooking so far in terms of the XFL. So here's what's going on. After week three, the XFL is now moving three of its games from FX Back to the more of the normal channels, ESPNs and ABCs. Um, they looked after uh, so after week three, the average was five hundred and seventy-one thousand viewers across FX and ESPN two. That was down thirteen percent, Zay, from week two on FX, ESPN, and ESPN two. Sunday, the DC game was the most watched game, but that was a point three six rating. 
665,000 on FX. Here's the comparison. In week three of the prior XFL, back in 2020, games averaged 2.05 million, 1.91 million, 1.47, and then an even 1 million on Fox, ABC, ESPN, and FS1. In week three of last year's USFL, two games on Fox, 1.14 million, and then 825,000. So those numbers have all been higher than what they're seeing now. Only two of the 20 games in the prior XFL averaged fewer than a million viewers. Nine of the 12 in the current version are under a million. So they're concerned. And one of the things that they did here that I would have told them, I don't know, they immediately went from first week ESPN, ABC, to FX and ESPN+. Plus. Oh, they're wilding. Like literally in a week it happened. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I will follow you. <laughs> Right, I'll go there. The Rock and and Danny Garcia are going to go there. But these fans you're trying to grab, you might want to stay on the bigger networks. So that's kind of why they're making this move, as this article points yeah, out. Wait, so we're talking about the same FX with American Horror Story in Atlanta and Dave? Exactly. And then, again, oh, they, they pointed man. out they have not carried live sports with any regularity since the 2000s. So that was a weird risk. And maybe it's all they could get at the time, but it's a strange risk that the XFL took. And look, if you're going to mess with ESPN and the ABCs of the world and Fox or whatever, then you're going to have to realize they're going to have other stuff on. They're going to say, look, man, we got conference championship tournaments going on here, and we know we can get a rating out of that, so you're not going to be our first choice. So they're going to move some things around. We'll see where it is. I think so far... This football in the XFL has been pretty good. There have been close games. There's stories people are following. We got a couple of undefeated teams. And I think there's some stories being developed, but it's the same question I have with every spring football league now. Can you make it to the finish line? Can you get there? Because we've watched a couple just die on the vine for different reasons. So I'm hoping these ratings somehow can turn or improve a little bit. Cause now they're already three weeks in and they're already kind of panicking by moving these games. Well, I mean, think about Right after the Super Bowl, they went at it, and for the NFL, that was it. But now the NFL starting to pick back up with the Lamar Jackson stuff and free agency and the you know franchise tag and the combine. Now we're looking at the NFL yeah. draft. Like we talked about that a lot. We're still talking about it. I do wonder if the combine nerds took away some viewers. Hell yeah! Right? Did people just watch the combine and forget about the XFL? I did. No matter what channel it would have been on. I did. Yeah, a lot of people did. I think a lot of people did. So I think their best bet is in the summer where it's just baseball going on. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many weeks until the NFL. I know that's close to the NFL. We're gearing up for that, and we get excited about that. But either way, they're going to be competing with something. So if you were going to do it, you'd do more of the USFL schedule, which is they'll start in like April. That's they're going to go April, yeah. kind of April, May, June, and I think their plan is probably let's be done by training camp. When's the draft? The NFL draft is April twenty seventh. Okay, you'd go right after I'd that. I'd go a little bit after that. Okay, I think they may. They're going to start right around that time. Okay, yeah, yeah, because now we're exhausted from po- pro football in a way with the Super Bowl ending. I know, and now we're back with the NFL draft and stuff like that. Is it's tough to go yeah. watch them XFL games when you heard Adrian McCarron 
they ain't making all the calls like they supposed to be making. And right. he been playing football his whole life and it hasn't been this bad. They be saying my bad and stuff, you know. So the product, you know, yeah. it's not as good, obviously, yeah. but still. It's not and, and again, I'm somebody that's trying to follow it, but I'm also realistic at this point where I'm recording games and going back on my D V R and sometimes I'll just fast forward till I see a score. Like, dude, I can't watch all these games live. I can't. I'm sorry. Can't do it. Yeah. So you know, I, but but I'll go check it out. I want to see the story. You know, how's it developing, and 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 who's you know who's playing well. But so far, it has uh, apparently not been incredible. Not as good as they wanted. But we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens moving forward. There. By the way, just so you know, week four of the XFL Saturday, Houston at Orlando, followed by San Antonio at Seattle, six and nine, both on FX. By the way, this week. Sunday, doubleheader, Arlington at St. Louis. That's probably the best game of the week, and St. Louis will be packed. That fan base has had three weeks of road games, and they were really excited in 2020, so I think they're going to have a big number there. 3 o'clock on ESPN2. I don't know if they're going to have a big TV number, but I think they're going to have a good crowd. And then Vegas and D.C. is a 6 o'clock kick on Sunday. So if you want to see two good crowds, St. Louis and D.C. are both hosting. D.C. is the place with the beer snake and the lemons on the field. Uh, and yeah. So the beer snake was back this past week. They let them have it. Yeah, I mean, if I feel like watching some Archer and then XFL happens to come on after that, then maybe I'll tune in. Oh, man. See, and that's where the jokes are about to come up with the NCAA tournament because they've added, what, TBS and True TV? That's these last been, couple? Yeah, last couple of years. When they went to the, the, you know, every game is on. Everybody, I still have to do it. Every year I have to remind, go find out where True TV is on my yeah. television. I never watch that channel. Oh, you get tired of seeing Impractical Jokers commercials. Yeah, I can. I never have, remember where it is, so I got to remind myself. Which the one that looks like old Los Angeles Lakers coach Frank Vogel, he ain't there no more. They're uh. just three deep now. You know who I'm talking about. I forgot about. they did have a guy yeah, like Yeah, they dropped old boy. He was like, look, they're starting to recognize us. This isn't as fun anymore. Y'all can have it. Oh, my God. That is funny. All right. Frank Vogel. He does look like him. He does. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes you have to find those channels to, to help out the leagues you want, whether you're trying to help XFL or you're trying to find your team in the tournament. So double-check your guide. Figure out where your channels are. We do, uh, we do Crab Bag every day at 1245. Up next, it is Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3.com. Longhorn Spring Practice has begun. We'll get his thoughts on that. Longhorn Basketball looking for their opponent tonight. We'll ask Justin who he thinks Texas Texas matches up better with, and maybe we'll fit in a Cowboys franchise tag Tony Pollard question. See what Justin thought of that. It's coming up on the Horn.